Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. I'm telling you, I don't know. I can, you may think I'm a prophet, but I can tell you, you've either had a problem, you're in a problem, or you're headed for a problem. I'm not a prophet right now. I'm just telling you, that's just the way life is. But aren't you glad for a promise that's greater than your problems? Amen. Aren't you glad for truth that's more durable than your temporary issues? I know when you're 15, sometimes you just think it's never, you're never going to ever, you know, you're never going to, you got all the answers, you just hadn't heard all the questions, right? (laughs) I know when you're 30, sometimes you think, oh, it'll never, you know, I'll never, I'll never, ever have that difficulty. But you, you understand Jesus died and rose from the dead to prove in this life that every difficulty you face, what he's done is greater. And the reason we're here tonight after 37 years is because that truth will keep you if you'll never let go of Him. So you can be seated right now, but you don't have to stay seated. We're just going to just kind of, you know, the way that you, you move with God many times is you'll start talking about certain things that He has done. And as you do, some of those things will just start to stir up the things of God. Because the the Spirit of God will move with a word from God. And if you'll respond to Him when He's moving, well, then there's all kinds of things that can open up. And some things you know you need and some things you don't know you need. But aren't you glad the Holy Ghost can help you right where you are? Amen. And so one of the words that just has... um, This is one of those songs that I love these words. The ring of freedom is something that every man and woman is made for. You're made to be free. You're made to be free because Jesus Christ died with the bondage that held you. And when he arose from the dead, the Bible says, you know, I'm alive in him. Well, what does that mean? It means the very same power that raised Christ from the dead, Ephesians said, is at work in you. The very same power. You know, if you read the story of the resurrection, I've been reading a little bit about it, how that on that day when they came to the the, uh, uh, grave and, and the women came and the Bible said they were talking about how to move a stone. A big rock that was in front of the grave. They said, you know, how are we going to move it? It's a big rock. But they get to the grave. And if you read the story, the Bible says there's an angel who's there. And he says, and the stone is rolled away. And he's he's talking to the ladies. And they're saying, well, the stone's rolled away because we didn't know what to do about it. And the Bible says, he said, come on and see where he's laying laid where he laid he's not here but he's risen just as he said and I'm telling you I don't know what kind of cave or what kind of uh, uh, dark place it seems like that you're having to deal with but I'm telling you the stones rolled away and you didn't roll it away he rolled it away he didn't roll it away so he could come out he rolled it away so you could go in to the place that testifies of his resurrection so father we thank you for that working in every area, in every life in here tonight. In Jesus' name. You ready?
freedom. Jesus is risen from the dead. Freedom. He is alive. Oh, yeah. Oh, glory. Oh, this is good. I like this. So tell me what you believe you got. Help. Freedom. Jesus is risen from the dead. Freedom. He is alive just like he said. Freedom. Somebody preach it loud and clear Freedom Gospel power now is here hey. Freedom from your failure Freedom from your sin Freedom from your sorrow There's freedom now in Him He opened up the door for you to walk into the light When he rose up from the dead We were made alive You know what that means? Freedom Jesus is risen from the dead Freedom oh. He is alive just like he said Freedom What are you going to do? Somebody preach it loud and clear Bought by the blood of Jesus. Yeah. Now listen. I'm no longer ashamed. I'm forgiven. 
delivered Brought by the blood I'm a Has passed away. Isn't that good news? Everything now is new. I'm a work of His grace. I'm forgiven, delivered, bought by the blood. I'm a Now you say delivered. Delivered. 
this is what we're going to do. Oh. We're just going to get real bold. Oh. And you say the feelings of God. Maybe you real guys bold. haven't been redeemed like I've been redeemed. You say, I, I, don't, I don't know what to do about this problem. I'll tell you what to do. Just say what you know is true. And if you'll say what you know is true, something will start to help. The Holy Ghost will help you. This is the I'm truth. I'm delivered. This is the truth. Say I'm accepted. accepted. Say I'm righteous. righteous. Say I'm healed. I'm healed. Say I'm free. I'm free. Say I'm holy. I'm holy. Say I'm happy. I'm, happy. I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. Delivered. Delivered. by the blood. Bought by the blood. I'm a Tell the old story how God set me free. What's going on? I'm living with His life today because of Calvary. You know what happened there? They crucified my Jesus. I hung Him on this cross. <laughs> the devil laughed and had a big time, but God showed who was boss. It spread the blood. Life shared for me. Tell me what happened. The love of life in Christ Jesus. Well, it set me free. Yeah. Moses came to the water when he was trying to flee. He turned and saw Pharaoh. God parted the sea. David heard Goliath shouting fear to all the crowd. But David said, in the name of the Lord, your head is coming down. It's by the blood hey. that was shed for me. The long life in Christ Jesus, well, he set me free. It's by the blood that was shed for me. Get bold about it. The long life in Christ Jesus, well, he set me free. Drinking from the new wine, filled with fire from above. Yeah, the devil said I just can't hold those Christians. Walking in too much love. When the devil says it's over, I'm not one of it. But my God is 
there's a God who's more than enough. It ain't over yet. It's by the blood that he shed for me. The long life in Christ Jesus. Well, it set me free. Saved by the blood. It's by the blood shed for me. That was shed for me. The Lord died in Christ Jesus, but He said me free. You know, gravity says what goes up must come down. But the law of life in Christ says what goes down must come up. It's called resurrection power. It means you can rise again. Glory to God. When the devil tries to scare you, just cause things don't look fine That's when you say in faith like Caleb said This mountain is mine I love it The floodgates of glory are open It's coming warm and long What are you gonna do? You gotta win the lost, heal the sick You will be destroyed It's for me the Lord life in Christ Jesus. What? It said who? Be free, you free. It's by the blood, the precious blood that was shed for me. The Lord life in Christ Jesus. But it said me free. Sing it again. It's by the blood. It's by the blood that was shed for me. Tell me what you believe. The Lord life in Christ Jesus. But he said me free, I'm free, I'm free. The Lord life in Christ Jesus. But he said me free. Shout one more time. The Lord life in Christ Jesus. Oh, glory to God. Ooh, save me free. On the devil. Well, go ahead. Go ahead and just thank God for setting you free. Thank you, Lord. You set me free. You set me free in my mind. You restore my soul. Thank you, Lord, because of your life in me. I'm not a slave to sin anymore. Thank you, Lord. You delivered me from every evil habit. I belong to God. I got new power. I got new dreams. I got new life. I got new things. Come on, just say something. Tell me what you believe. Oh, I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost is moving. And if you'll start worshiping the Lord, He'll start moving in you. Say I'm free. I'm free. I'm really, really free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm really, really free. Say it again. I'm free. I'm free. Go with her. I'm really, really free. Go with her. I'm free. I'm free.
just rejoice with them. Sometimes you just need to get the buddy system. You know what I mean? Take their hand and say, we're free. We're free. We're really, really free. Devil, you're a liar. Jesus set me free. I'm not gonna believe and I'm not gonna act like that uh-uh. I'm free from sin. I'm free from depression. Somebody go. I'm free from sorrow. Somebody go just because you can. Somebody go just because you can. Just because you can. You got the devil on the run. I got the You got the devil on the run. You got the devil on the run. He's not chasing me. Oh, you're chasing him. I'm chasing him. You got the devil. No, he ain't chasing me. I'm chasing him. Oh, I got the power that raised Christ from the dead in me. Oh, no, the blood of Jesus takes care of that. I don't have to worry about it anymore. I've been set free by the blood. Oh, you set me free, Lord. Oh, I thank you, Lord, that I'm the one that's alive today to testify that Jesus rose from the grave. A lot of people are going to be wondering if Jesus really is alive this weekend. And I'm going to tell you, the evidence that defies any argument is a man or a woman who he's living in. You know, talking about different things, talking about, oh, well, Christianity and, and, and different religions, Islam, you know, they're... they're front page news in USA Today. Oh, Islam could possibly be the number one religion in the world by 2070, something like that. Not if you're a preacher. Wait, 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 wait. But what I think they may not have, they were, oh, this was just um, by uh, demographics, you know, population, like the number of people who were having kids and how many, you know, from different religions. But what they might have failed to include in that is the fact that Jesus sets you free. And when you say yes to him, you may have been an agnostic, an atheist, or um, Islam, Muslim, or Buddhist, or, or uh, Hindu. But Jesus, you know what I read today? Over two million Muslims, the, the, the number one nation in the world, Muslim nation in the world is Indonesia. Two million Muslims in Indonesia are getting born again every year that's one christian coming alive to jesus every 15 seconds now listen that's because we pray now listen yeah you may, somebody now follow listen. him Woo, now listen. Follow him. Oh, i'm telling you when jesus Woo. sets you free it doesn't matter where you've been oh i don't know where you've been but i'm here to tell you he'll take you out of darkness and bring you in to the kingdom of light and he's doing it today all over the world i'm telling you they said china china is kind of they're not sure about because they won't report a lot of the christians there but they know something's happening and they can't tell for sure but i'm here to tell you the bible says in the last days he will pour out his spirit on all flesh and it shall come to pass whoever calls on the name of the lord to be saved will be saved Woo! oh thank you lord for helping oh bringing people to the knowledge of the one who rose from the dead 
paid the price Thank for their Lord. sin, who Thank takes you, away you, the sorrow of this world. Oh, you could not remain outside of our problem. You moved into our problem and you took away all the pain by the work of your cross. Hallelujah. You know, tonight, tonight I, I really didn't feel like running. And um, I, mean, I love, you know, slow songs. Everybody's just on your face and the glory just comes on. You know, I didn't move for five hours, you know. But I didn't feel like running. But I was thinking about, uh, I was thinking about Christian oppression these days. And I thought, we've been in churches in, in uh, Russia, Moscow, where they would say, we, no running, no anything today. You know, the KGB or the different ones can come in, not the KGB, but it is the KGB. They don't call it that. So people could come in because it's a national day of mourning and we could get in trouble and the pastor could be taken off and no running. And we got up and sang one song, Moscow. We weren't even singing in Russia. We were singing in England. We're singing in English. Yeah, when we go to a foreign country, we put our songs in there. If we can't sing a song in their language, we put it up on the, on the screen for them to see what we're saying. You know, any for those of you who are going into other nations and you're going to do something, make sure you let them know what's going on. And so, first song, I mean, we're singing, and they, the place, because we've been there a few times, but the place, they just went wild. And the pastor, pastor's Rick Renner, he walks up to me and he goes, ah, forget it. <laughs> That's too late. They ain't morning here this morning. And I'm telling you, I thought to myself, you know, then I thought, I will never I don't, if I don't feel like it, I'm going to do it anyway, just because I can. Yeah. Yes. Come on, kids. Just because you can. Come on. Now, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait a minute. Yeah, just go, go on. Listen, wait, listen. There are no rules in our meetings, okay? How many of you went to Aaron Hankins and saw him? Okay, he was a little tiny squirt when we were all around. They used to come in and watch us sing, all the kids. <laughs> and, and all of them would come in and watch us when they were little bitty and growing up. Because we were just wild. But I'm telling you, just because you can. I know there's a move of the Spirit. I know we want to reverence the move of the Holy Ghost. I get that. And I do too. But I'm telling you, sometimes I get so mad at the oppression just because we can just because we can. Something inside of me says, oh, well, what if they pass a law and the police came here tonight? Well, I'd be going, hallelujah, hallelujah. In fact, in fact, I wish the whole youth group would go and say, yeah, go. I wish the whole youth group would go and say, it won't bother me if they come. Stopping. That's what you're saying right now. I'm not stopping. I'm not stopping. That's why you're running. You're saying, devil, you don't scare me. I'm not stopping. How about the, what are you guys doing? Are you single? Come on. Are you, what are you guys doing back there? Just say, just because I can. Devil. Do it again. Say, who do you think you're going to stop? You're not stopping me. You're not stopping me. Oh, you're running. I'll run. I'll preach. I'll shout. I'll tell everybody I know about Jesus Christ. You won't stop me. Let the Holy Ghost. Let the Holy Ghost. 
your flesh because we always tell people if you fall on the floor stay there till you feel something stay there till he thrills you stay there till you forget about everybody else stay there till you forget about yourself listen sometimes you just got to press on in and say I ain't stopping just because I think well I did five laps and that's enough no I mean I'm telling you when you're telling the devil something you said I don't really care I ran around the church I didn't feel like it and the ushers after the meeting Told me he had to take out his hearing aid when I ran by him. You think we're just doing he something? He took out his hearing aid because because he could hear without it. Turn, turn the music. The music's too loud. He said. He said I could hear. He said when you ran past me, it was like the wind of God ran past me. Do you understand what I'm talking about? I'm not talking about how you feel. I may not feel. I mean, who gives a rip? This is for somebody else. Always think of somebody else. Quit thinking of yourself. 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 Hallelujah. You don't know. I've been praying for the Holy Ghost to saturate kids all over the world and for the nations to rise up. Rise up. I may run around this room and say, devil, you're not going to keep them down. You're not going to keep them down. You're not going to keep them down. Lord of the harvest, send the labors. Start a fire so much in these kids. Start a fire so much in adults. We're not a youth ministry. We're not a children's ministry. We're not an adult ministry. We are a people ministry. And I'm telling you something. Everybody needs... You know what I call Christians that won't do anything because they're thinking of themselves? I call them selfish Christians. Just selfish. Like my mother said, don't ever get a sports car. It's just selfish. (laughs) Not Bible, so don't worry. I said, well, let me see. Somebody give me one. Let me see how selfish I feel. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, (laughs) but I'm telling you, there is a reason. There is a reason. There is a reason when I do something, when I do it, there's a reason. There ain't nothing that I do without purpose. Even if it, even if it looks, I'm, I, I, I know I'm, I'm always saying, and I say it all the time. I am not casual about anything about about the things of God. It's not like, man, man. Well, that's not the way we live. I wasn't that way when I was young. I was on fire, and I didn't care. What anybody said, it didn't matter. Of course, it helped that I was a singer. (laughs) Just kidding. Anyway, no, I'm not. And so, but that's what I want to tell you. Do it. Do it. I can see the glory all over you. And I know you wanted to do something and and you didn't know what to do. Just do it. Hallelujah. 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 The anointing, the anointing, the anointing, the anointing. That's what you're after. And you are anointed because you're in Christ and the anointed one lives in you. But you want to be sensitive. You want to hear. You want to move. 
You want someone else to get something. You want someone else to be healed. You want someone else. You want some other teenager that's that's failed to know that she doesn't have to live or he doesn't have to live with guilt the rest of his life. You want you want to speak. You want to open your mouth. You want to pray. You want to do something, something which shows people they can be free. And her voice is our greatest thing. But yet, there might be somebody in here tonight that's dealing with guilt or shame or something. And you ran around the room and you grabbed them and they didn't feel worthy, but yet they went. You don't know what fell off of them. The devil's always trying to make you look back or stand back or just say, well, I'm not like everybody else. You're absolutely right. You are born of heaven. I want you to just kick back. You know, I mean, I can't do that like all those other kids can. Oh, it doesn't matter if you're a kid. I don't care. I don't care how old you are. That age has nothing to do with it. Age has nothing to do with the things of the spirit. Nothing. Nothing. Believe me. I know y'all know this, but when Jesus came into this world the first Ooh. time, it was a teenager, and the Bible says her uh, 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 cousin Elizabeth, the Bible says she was well stricken in years. You say, what does that mean? Just look at your pastor. <laughs> oh, just kidding. Oh, my God. Pastor, I'm kidding. We haven't taken an offering, have we? Okay, I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. And we've got two more services. Little joke. But it was a teenager and someone who was older and they got together and they connected together and when they did it caused the uh, the Bible says that that they were when Elizabeth Mary ran to Elizabeth she started shouting out loud blessed are you I mean the old woman shouting out loud and she was pregnant with John the Baptist and John the Baptist started moving inside of her womb started leaping the Bible says he started jumping and you know here's Mary she's running Elizabeth was shouting and John the Baptist is is jumping inside Elizabeth's womb and all of it was just like a Holy Ghost service and it just started because two people a teenager and an old woman connected with the will of God I'm here to tell you you are not uh, uh, too young you're not too old all you need to do is just connect with the people God's working in and we're going to see the second coming of Jesus to this earth because of our involvement in what he's doing. You know what I do a lot of times? I'll always, I'll always see, I'll always check when I see somebody or I meet somebody or I'm listening to somebody. Is there something that, that connects with us? Is there like a leaping going on? Is there something? Is there so something? in other words, you're the old woman. Yeah, well, I'm, yeah, well, stricken in years. Well, I'll always check to see what's going on. Or a friendship or a relationship. Is there something? A close friend. Oh yeah, there's, we got something. We're hooked up. There's something that leaps within us. We got the same, same, everybody's got the same, same Savior, same anointing, same call, same, you know, same everything, except there's something that's the same that's different. We're just a little bit out there. We've been in prayer. I mean, the youth, this youth group can pray, pray literally up a storm. What I take, what I do with our youth, when I do with our young people from Raymond and, and the adults that come together, 
that I'll see them weeping, literally weeping, when we're, when we're interceding and supplicating for the nations. I've seen them on the face because they've seen me on my face. They've seen me in the carpet with tears streaming down my cheeks, weeping for the other kids, weeping for the people who are lost, weeping for those who don't know. Lord of the harvest, you understand what I'm saying? You just go in that flow wherever. There's something about you when you see your friends at school or when you see people in out and, and wherever you go when you eat, you know, wherever you guys eat. And, and, and whatever, something, something in you just goes, mmm, you pull, mmm. And you'll want to talk to someone and something changes on the end. You understand? Anybody understand? I don't hear a whole lot of amens. Well, that's right, Cindy. You're absolutely correct. Oh, you're right. Because, because you're not living for yourself anymore. You're, you're, you're one of our girls is real young, real, real young. And she, she does modeling and stuff, uh, Christian modeling. And, and uh, people, guys are always asking her out and stuff. And, and uh, she, says, um, she says, no, I don't have to do that. She said, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that until I know what the Holy Ghost tells me to do. She said, you know, no, are you kidding? No. She's very strong. Very strong, strong in prayer. Very bold when they come up and start talking to her about something. Hey, you want to do drugs? She goes, heavens no. Why would I want to do that? I'm a Christian. I've got so much. I'm so high right now. It's not funny. But maybe you need me. You need me to talk to you about Jesus Christ. I mean, she's just like ripped. I mean, just on fire. And the different ones that come in, they're like, they, they don't back off from somebody, you know. There's different ways you can do it. Sometimes, you know, you be kind. But I'm telling you, we are different. Oh, simosumasine. And I just, I just see the fire of God that Jeremiah said, it's like a fire shut up in my bones. I, 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 I'm weary from not giving in to it. I just, from not giving in. Oh, 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 God. Oh, God. Come on, just lift your voice. Let's all just magnify Jesus. Just magnify him for a minute. Oh, that there's such a fire, Lord. Oh, that we penetrated this nation, this world. Our school, our swimming pool, we go swim wherever we go. Pray in tongues or pray in English, just all with all your heart. We worship you in the spirit. Oh, 
praying for all the kids and there were so many kids in that place and they brought babies they brought everybody I'm telling you they went around the auditorium and and uh, one, one, one teenage girl I saw the preach on her you know uh, see I don't like to do services where we have the meeting I want the Holy Ghost to have the meeting I like to see if somebody has something on them I want them to do something uh, if you you know when you want to prophesy or something I want you to you know and if it's wrong well send someone tell you to shut up and uh, then just don't be, you know, say, well, I learned one way I shouldn't do it. But, but, but so, and then she got up the night before and I gave the mic to her and she started preaching about, she was 16. She started preaching about the love of God and reaching out to people and, and always looking and being aware of what's going on in people's lives wherever you go, you know, in her school and wherever she goes. And another girl had to preach on her and I gave her the mic and, and then we started praying and and the next night, we, we told everybody to come, and I would start praying for people, and so many people were getting spirit-filled, and so much was going on. I'm trying to teach you something. I'm looking for a move. I'm looking for a way. I'm looking for something to penetrate. I'm looking for the Holy Ghost to move. So somebody here, if you've been diagnosed with asthma, you'll be healed. Ooh. Whatever it is. I don't care. Or if there's been something that's hold you, held you back because you were inferior for some reason, for whatever reason, that he'll fall on you so strong that that'll just fall off of you. I, I'm looking. I always look for that. I look for a place where God could move and you just, oh, you know, I see it. It's just there. And where you were timid, you know, before, it's like, no, I'm not timid. I'm bold as a lion. I'll do whatever the Lord tells me to do. I will speak up if I need to. And so I was praying for so many people, and I was real tired. I was, actually, I was, woo, I was kind of like, okay. And then all of a sudden, I go, and there's a whole other row down here on this side. They have a pretty big auditorium, and it was all down the, 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 the side. So I'm starting to pray, and all of a sudden, I walk up to this guy, and I just kept talking about how worthy he was. Worthy. I said, God wants you to know you're worthy. I said, do you get this? Man, I got in his face. He was dressed up in a baseball thing. Looked like he'd just come from practice or something. And I said, you're worthy. And I don't know how many times I told him that. Several times. It went on and on and on and on. And and I said, I said, boy, I said, God's trying to get a, a message to you. And then boom, I laid hands on him. Boom, down he went. Well, they all did, but I didn't know he was a visitor. Well, I don't know who all's visitors. I don't care. I just he want the glory to fall. Uh, he had never been there before. Well, found out later, he came down and got spirit filled. At the end. See, I, 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 you learn how to flow in the gifts, you know. I've, I've flowed in the gifts when I wasn't in a service and the music wasn't playing. But the way that happened, but, uh, see, when she's talking about moving in the gifts, the way that happened is the night before one of the young girls she was talking about who was praying or, or uh, got the preach she on her. And she started she was talking about, you know, preaching, sharing Jesus. She she was uh, when the hands were laid on her, she went out in the power of God and she was on the floor. And as she was on the floor, she had actually she had a vision. And it really was, uh, she saw in the, it was a, a word of wisdom because it was something in the future that worked with it. Many times that's what happens. And she saw herself at the church the next night and that young man, that young boy was with her. She had brought him. Well, he'd never been to the church before. Well, she got up and she, and we know this all after the fact. And she thought, well, if 
I'm going to get him to come to church. I'm going to have to be, he's going to have to be involved with some activity with that I'm involved with during the time right before I leave for church so I can get him there. So she just said, come on, hey, come with me. So she brought him. She made it purpose to be with him. So she said, hey, come with me. So the reason he was in church that night was because she had had, actually that was a gift of the spirit. It was a word of wisdom with discerning of spirit. She saw in the realm of the spirit something Ooh. happening. And as she did, uh, she, she acted on it. Now see, God's trying to do something. But he needs someone who's going to play their part and act out the part. Because he's going to move through you. You say, well, if God's going to move, he's just going to move. No, he's going to move through you. And she, so she brought him that night. Well, when Cindy went up to him and started saying, God wants me to just tell you you're worthy. The reason he started weeping over and, over and, and it over. touched his heart so much is because the pastor's wife came in the back room after. She said, when you know that young boy you were talking to saying, God wants me to tell you you're worthy. You want to know why that, that touched him so much? Because his last name is Worthy. Worthy. Well, that was a word of knowledge that Cindy had, but it would have never happened if she hadn't acted on that word of wisdom that she got on the floor the night before. And when she brought him there, then he gets filled with the Holy Ghost. That's another move of the Spirit of God. Yeah, and it all happened right. because one little girl got up off the floor and thought, God wants to do something. And he wants to do it through me. Right. So I'm going to make sure it happens. When you lifted your hands, you were saying, Lord, do that. Do that yeah. through me. Come on. Thank you, just, you, Lord. Do if that for me. If you'll yield. Somebody, if, you want that? Yes, you lift your hands. Say, Lord, oh, Lord, oh, do that for me. Use me for your use glory. Use me, Lord. I'll do oh, that. Oh, Lord, let me be a witness. I'll do that, Lord. That Jesus is alive. I'll do that, Father. Through what I say, through what I oh, think yeah. and where I go. Use let me. others see Jesus I'm willing. in me. I'm willing. I got, Lord. I'm not just trusting in my oh, ability. No, Lord, yeah. I'm not trusting in like my ability. That. I'm trusting in your oh, supernatural me, oh, ability oh, to move in me. Yeah. Oh, sometimes you don't recognize thing. it's a gift of the spirit okay, till after you do it. She didn't know what that was. She just thought, I just had this urge. I have this desire. I'm the one that told her. I said, you need to tell her. That was a gift of the Spirit. That's how it flows. You just have some desire. Then, then the next day, they were so on fire, that the kids were, that, that the, there were a couple of unsaved people in their school. And they walked up to him and said, what is it about you? Because the glory, their eyes were, the glory was all over them. <laughs> and so they took him to the. No, the, they said, what is it about oh, you that's different? Yeah. And they said, well, we know Jesus. <laughs> and the kids said, can we meet him and know him? Can we know Jesus? You see what I'm talking about here? I'm talking about stirring up that, that glory. I'm talking about stirring. I'm talking about that. And they went to the uh, one of the teachers in the school. Well, you're consumed, you know. And they prayed for him, and they got born again. And the, that was also the pastor's wife. And she she said, "Well, you want to know how my day started today? I had two kids filled with the Holy Ghost. They brought two other kids that didn't know Jesus to my room and said they want to be saved. Can you help us? Listen, and they got prayed and got listen, born again. The reason I'm sharing this with you is so that you know stuff like that doesn't just happen in, in services. We're, we're with people out. We're with people, you know, when we go out to eat or something, Chick-fil-A, you know, or whatever. And man, I'll just walk over and the glory will be there. And it's, teenagers, adults, I don't care who it is. It doesn't make me any difference. 
That's what I'm, that's what I, I, I want you to awaken to. Not just a good meeting, but I mean, we're praying for revival. We've been praying for revival for years and we will not be put off. We will not stop. We're going to keep praying. We've yeah. been going back to Kind of Glory Ministries and been praying for revival throughout the land for years and years, calling for the rain. And that's what happened when these four boys, four boys, just young boys, you can sit down and you can run around, I don't care. Or you can fall over or you can roll across the floor. I don't care. Just do something. Anyway, and, and so and, and these four boys with in, in one of the Welsh revivals, the, one of the Welsh revivals years ago, there were four young guys. They just met. They met on the side of a mountain and they were so in love. Revive us. Revive our nation, God. And some of, some of the older people in the church came to him and said, now you don't need to pray for that rain because, you know, we've already got the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And they said, well, thank you very much. They go back to the room. We'll not stop God until you revive us. And four young boys, they would be hanging on to the rocks even because if you've never gotten over in travail, sometimes I wonder if you've, you know what happens there? You start feeling what other people are feeling who are lost and going to hell. Because you want it so bad. You know what I'm saying? Christians are the most loving people. They call us haters because we infringe upon the things they want to do that is not morally right. And so they're saying, well, you're making us feel bad because nobody can handle guilt. Guess what happened when those four boys prayed and kept praying and wouldn't stop, no matter what anybody said. Over 100,000 people were saved. Revival hit that part of the country. Because four young boys got together and said, we will not be put off. Could you imagine if the whole youth group got together and did that? Oh, you're in? I like that. Anybody else in? The whole youth group, the whole singles, the whole college and career. You came here one night and all you were consumed with was somebody else. There's no other reason to live. There's no other reason to live. Los, you want to share something? Yeah, yeah, okay. Oh, you, like again, you can sit down or you can, whatever you want to do. She's going to share something. Oh, he's the name above all names. Oh, he's the Lord above all names. Oh, Jesus. How great is our God. Well, we got some kids here tonight. They're just going to rip up the devil's work. statement. Dwight L. Moody, you may not know who he was, but he was famous for saying, he said, the world has yet to see what God can do in, through, and with, and for a man wholly committed to him. God, the world has yet, now actually, Dwight L. Moody, it's interesting about Dwight L. Moody, um, 
He didn't attend school beyond the fifth grade. He couldn't spell and his grammar was awful. He was raised in a Unitarian church where he never even heard about salvation from sin. Didn't even know about those things. But one day he met, uh, as he got older, he met a man who kept asking him to commit his life to Christ. He became a Christian because of this man's influence on him. And he said, um, the man who uh, uh, led him to the Lord said he had never um, met anybody who had as dark a soul as he did when he first met him. And yet Dwight L. Moody had a passion so much for saving souls, he would never let one day go by without sharing Jesus with someone. You wonder why. He was raised in a church where the need for a Savior was never never known it was all just relative and yet when he heard the message of the saving power of Jesus it changed him from a dark and hard young 17 year old boy to someone who received he didn't just receive something he wanted to be something that's why he said the world has yet to see what God can do in through with and for a man wholly committed to him and then he said this Lord Let me be that man. Is that what you say? He was a a British revivalist and he issued that dare to his generation. But he was not the originator of that call. He just, when he heard those words, it was something he said, I take that. I take that. When he heard those words, he said, Lord, let me be the one who others can see what it's like to live wholly committed to Jesus. Now, I I, I believe that the hand of God is on your life to make you a man or a woman who has the same testimony. You know, I was involved in the Jesus movement. You don't even know what that was in the late 60s, early 70s. I I know what it was like to be in seventh grade, you know, at the time uh, uh, being ostracized for my faith in God by uh, these young boys who said, you know, we don't believe in God and they would do things. And, you know, just the witness of Jesus was something that just uh, they didn't know what to do with. But then when the uh, years went by and I, uh, they signed my yearbook year, uh, the, at the end of the year, they every single one of them said, I may not have agreed with you, but I cannot deny that what you have is real. And I've often wondered that young boy who sat in that classroom, but one particularly very intelligent young man, I've often wondered the seeds of that, just my life as a witness that Jesus is alive. I know what can happen when it hits your heart that Jesus lives in you. Uh, 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 he said, I want to be the man who, who reveals to the world what it's like to live totally committed to him. I looked up uh, 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 the word uh and uh, in, in actually great illustration or example of it is found in Joshua chapter 14 verse 8 when he says Caleb says to the uh, to Joshua 40 years after he had been promised uh, uh, the land but they had not moved in he says to him he says uh, uh, in Joshua chapter 14 verse 8 he says I'm as strong today as I was 
How did he say it? Uh, give, give me the mountain of which the Lord spoke to me. For you heard in that day the cities were great and fortified. But the Lord is with me uh, and I, I shall be able to drive all of them out. So he said, give me this mountain. For I have wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. Now the word for wholly followed means to close the gap. Holy, close the gap. In other words, it keeps the distance short between me and my commitment to God. There's nothing that grows in between me and Jesus. You know what I'm saying? You just, nothing grows in between me and Jesus. And I was reading some things because uh, 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 one of the things that will um, cause you to be able to live for Jesus more than the next six months is commitment. And you say, well, what is commitment? Commitment was, and now I I was looking up this word. uh, uh, I'm I'm as strong today as I was the day uh, Moses sent me for going out and for going to war. So in Joshua 14, the word strong means, I like this. Sometimes you know what something is by knowing what it's not. The negative sense, it means hardness of heart or failure to respond to a person or a message. So what would be strong in the Lord? What would be the opposite of being hardness of heart and failing to respond? Responding to God and having a heart that's sensitive to him. And so when he said, I'm as strong today, I'm as committed today as I was the day it began. You know what that tells me? You say, well, how do I get 40 years down the road living for Jesus? I'll tell you how you get there. The same way Caleb got there on day one of year one. If Jesus or God says to do something, you respond to him. And that's how you keep your heart sensitive. You respond to him. That's how you keep it. You close the gap. That's how you keep yourself from becoming hard to the things of God. If he says to turn off this music or to turn off this show or to go to church on Sunday night, you go and you do it. You say, but how do I, uh, how, how does it 40 years down the road? How can I stay committed? I'll tell you. Exactly. On day one of year one, on day 35 of year 11, if God told Caleb to go and, and give this or go and say this or do this, he did it. And every day as he did and responded to the Lord, when year 40 Whatever, I think it was year 45. It wasn't 45 years. And he said these 45 years. And um, year 45 on the day when it was time to move in to something significant, he'd been moving for 45 years. That wasn't the first time he moved with God. That was just the time when everybody stood up and said, can we follow you? Are you, are you with me? And you say, well, how do you have that kind? Be the man or woman. One decision at a time. Because if you don't make the decision, I can guarantee you somebody else will try to decide for you. If you don't choose, someone else will try to make the choice for you. And so when you make the choice 
that you're going to live for Jesus, you've already made the decision how you're going to walk, how you're going to talk, how you're going to act, who you're going to hang around with. You've already made that decision. So when somebody else comes up and says, hey, let's let's do this or, you know, let's do that or, or let's not do this or forget it. You know, you just have to say, you know what? That's what I'm not going to do. Because today I'm committed to Jesus. And the reason I'll be committed when I'm 58 is because I was committed on day 45 of year 38 and on day 42 of year 45. And you understand what I'm saying? Every day. Now, the wonderful thing about living for Jesus is if your heart is to do what he wants you to do, even if you mess up, he can help you. And you don't have to be concerned that you'll ever get in a place where there's not an answer. Now, you may get in a place where you don't know the answer, but you'll never get in a place where there is no answer. Hallelujah. So I'm going to read you something here. Are y'all, uh, uh, is everybody okay with me getting a little bit strong on to, uh, with you tonight? Be committed. He says, uh, um, uh, the eyes of the Lord, Second Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9 says, The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is perfect toward him. You ever heard that verse? Well, do you know it was written to a king? Maybe you haven't heard that verse. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is perfect toward him. The Message Bible says it like this. God is always on the alert, constantly on the lookout for people who are totally committed to him. Isn't that good? You say, well, what, what, does it mean God will only, you know, what, God will only use, you know, he, he, he just, he doesn't want to do that with anyone else? No, that's not what it means. It's not about whether or not God wants to move. It's about whether or not you're going to move with God. You understand? And King Asa actually had, if you read, that's in 2 Chronicles 16. And in 2 Chronicles 15, he faced a very large problem. It was so big, much bigger than he was. But the Bible says that the, the, the uh, seer, the prophet, came to him and said to him, he said, uh, 15, uh, this was like 35 years earlier, and he told him, he said, take courage and uh, don't let your hands be weak and your work will be rewarded. And he says, he tells him, he goes to Asa and he says, if you'll just get strong in the Lord, if you'll take courage, that means he may have felt afraid. And the, and the word from God was, take courage. Well, the word for you would be greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. That's what your word would be. You got, and you just, you say, well, what do I do if I'm facing something that makes me afraid? Take courage, get a word from God, and then do, the Bible says that God told him, uh, uh, you know, you trust God, and you took courage, and he literally, uh, an army that was far greater than he could even handle in the natural was totally defeated. Well, that's an Old Testament story to let you know that if you'll take a hold of the move of God, that there's actually a work from God that's greater than any enemy yes. you'll ever face. Yes, yes, yes. But you'll never know it yes. if you don't act on it. Yes. Oh, and so now, 35 years later in Second Chronicles chapter 16, 
This same, this same king, it says in 2 Chronicles 16, that he didn't go to God for help because he lost his commitment. Something got between him and his love for God. And he lost his commitment. He just, you say, how does that happen? Well, when he asks you to do something, instead of saying yes, you say no. And so what happens is every time you say no, it gets a little easier to say no next time. And that's how you get, that's how your heart gets hard. The word for hard in the uh, Greek is actually where we get our word for callous. And you know, a callous, my husband plays guitar and he's got calluses on the end of his fingers. They're hard. The reason he's got them is because he's pressed up against these strings so much. And so now where his calluses are on the end of his fingers He's kind of lost some feeling there. You understand? Because he's, you know, got his fingers up. It's like you say no, you say no, you say no. And it makes your heart hard because you kind of, you, you just get, you, you lose the ability to, to be uh, uh, responsive to God. But it's not because God moved. It's because you did. You say, well, what's the answer for that if, you, if you've done that? I'm glad you ask. Instead of saying no, say yes. See, because it's not a far place. I mean, when, when Peter had denied Jesus and he had, was totally overwhelmed in John chapter 21, Jesus comes to Peter and he's out fishing and he hasn't caught anything all night. He was a professional fisherman who never had a successful fishing trip. Recorded in the Bible. It's true. And he's fishing. And Jesus, he's resurrected from the dead, calls out to him, and he says, if you'll just put your net on the other side of the boat, you'll have all you want. Well, here's Peter. It looks like, you know, he's far away from God. He's denied him. I don't know what else has gone through his mind. But it said, then, then what happens is, Jesus says, no, it's not a far place. It's just the other side of the boat. It's not hard for you to get back to where you were. All you got to do is just say yes instead of no. That's what the cross is all about. Every You say, how far am I from God? One decision away. That's all. That's all you are. But King Asa lost his commitment. And when he lost his commitment, he lost his obedience to God. And the reason the Second uh, Chronicles 16, 9 says God is uh, uh, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the earth to show himself strong on behalf of those who are uh, perfect toward him or committed to him. Well, the rest of the story, if you read the rest of the verse, he says before it, he says, you know, before you went to help and you didn't ask God to help you, you lost the victory over the army you lost because you didn't take God's help and he says didn't the Ethiopians the Libyans who came to you weren't they you were totally outclassed but God gave you the help he gave you the victory because God's always on the alert his eyes run to and fro to show himself strong on behalf of those who are totally committed to him and then he went on to say you were foolish to go for human help when you could have had God's help now you're in trouble And so a man who just, you know, Caleb was just the opposite of King Asa every day. He didn't just do it one day. He did it every day. I don't know if he ever messed up, but if he messed up, he got back up. 
You say, I just can't do it. I messed up. No, you know, doing and living for Jesus is not about whether or not you ever mess up. It's about whether, what do you do after you mess up? Do you get back up? I'm telling you, every time you do, you testify that Jesus' victory is greater than sin. And Jesus, the hope that God's put in Jesus is greater than this despair that this world has tried to touch my life with. And I'm a witness of that fact. And it's called commitment. And you just say yes to the things of God and you say no to the devil. Say, is it really that easy? I'm telling you, the hard part has been done for you. And I always look at it this way. If I'm not going to live for Jesus, who am I living for? If I'm not going to believe what God says about me, tell me, who do I believe? Who is making you act the way you do? If it's not God, just tell me who it is. Because I can tell you, somebody's talking to you right now. And the only one who really knows how to handle The problems that you face is the one that rose from the dead. Be committed. Be committed. Uh, uh, He said, uh, so so I just encourage you to do that. Stay close to your commitment to God. Don't let anything keep you from uh, um, uh, uh, responding to God. If something you're listening to or something you're, you're talking about causes you to lose your awareness of Jesus, Make a change, brother. You say, well, I'll do it later. Maybe you will. Maybe you won't. See, the longer you wait, let me tell you, it's not that, that Jesus is different, but I'll tell you, you'll get different. It gets easier. And then at some point, when your life has been uh, 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 so um, bound by something you thought would set you free, You can cry out to God and his mercy, he'll hear you. But I'm here to tell you, you'll never regret saying yes to God. You'll always regret that you didn't. Not that you can't live free, but you know you don't get that time back. You understand what I'm saying? Are y'all okay or am I too much for you? Listen, so stay committed. Number two, I'm just telling you a couple things here to help you be the person who actually testifies, not just today. I'm not just interested in tonight. Listen, I'm interested in where you're going to go next year. I'm interested in where you're going to be 10 years from now. I'm here to tell you, I'm not just interested in tonight. I hope you and you know, you, you get impacted by the work of God tonight, but it's like we were, we were in a church in Texas just a few months back in Waco and a young, uh, we were, Cindy was praying for some people at the front for pain and there was a. It was for physical pain, different pain. And, and there was some person got healed of pain in their heart or their shoulder, their eyes, something. Yeah. And so this young man walks up. I saw him walk up and he said something to Cindy. Well, what he said was, I don't have, what did you come for? And he said, well, I, it's not physical. He said pain. He said, it's not something like it's not physical. It's, I got pain in my heart, pain in my heart. 23. 
and he was 23. And, and anyway, I'm a, he, he, uh, uh, Cindy prayed for him. He, I mean, he got filled with the Holy Ghost. I mean, the power of God came on him. And I mean, it was just a wonderful, wonderful. He was like, man, he got up. He was like, man, this is a, uh, this day has changed my life. I said, I'm glad you feel that way, but it just can't be the only day. Just let it be the beginning of a lot of days of life-changing experiences with God. I'm telling you, you say, well, I'm just waiting for that to just, 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 just everything to change. I'm telling you, it changes one decision at a time. And that young man, he's here, and, and as he's up there, I noticed there was an older saint, a lady in the church, and she came over to him, and she started talking to him, and she was just, you know, like this. And the pastor's wife came up to me. I was up here, and she said, you see that woman talking to him? I said, yes. She said, she knows him. Well, he'd never been to the church before. She said, she knows him. I said, what? She said, she knows him. I said, well, how did she know? She said, oh, let her tell it. Well, so I was like, what happened when she starts? So we started talking and she said, well, she's telling the whole church. She said, well, 12 years ago, I think she said 12 was either 11 or 12. She said, this young man, as a young boy, came to my house on Halloween with some other kids. He was little. I guess he was 11. That's right. 12 years ago, he was 11. And he came to my house. And when he came to my house, I told him, son, I'm going to be praying for you. And she said, I never forgot him. I've been praying for him ever since. And she looked at that young boy. Now he's 23. And she said, do you remember me? And he looked at her. He said, yes, ma'am, I do. (laughs) Woo, glory. That's what you call commitment. And you see, you think your commitment is just about you making it. But it's not about you making it. It's about what God's going to do through you because you stay committed. When Caleb said, I'm as strong today as I was, give me my mountain. It wasn't just about him going in. There was a whole generation that went in because a man named Caleb said, I know how to follow God. I know how to follow Jesus. This ain't my first rodeo. I've been doing this every day. And when I didn't do it right, he showed me what to do different. I'm still here. I was ready. You understand, when Caleb and Joshua, you remember there were 10 other spies besides them. You know you know who the ones that were that said, we're well able. Their names were Joshua and Caleb. Do you know any of the other guys' names? Not one of them, do you? You say, what does that mean? I'm telling you. The meaning of your life, not just for you, but for what you leave, is summed up in your faith in God. Changes everything. You say, I'm just trying to handle my own world. I know that's how you are right now, but I'm telling you, it's never just about you. Your commitment to the things of God. Uh, the, the, the second word I want to give you is have convictions. Convictions. You say, what are convictions? Well, uh, Hebrews 11.1, 1, you may know it in the King James. Faith, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Uh, the New Revised Standard Version says, faith is the assurance or the evidence of the, the, the faith is the How do you say it in the King James? Now faith, does anybody know? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The New Revised Standard says, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. 
The conviction. A belief is something you'll argue about. How uh, One Bible teacher, Howard Hendricks said, a conviction is something you will die for. In other words, you can't live without this. No, you say, well, uh, you know, I, you know I, let's just put it this way. If you can live without it, you will. But when you have a conviction, you can't live without it. You can't live without it. Uh, conviction uh, is defined as a strong or a fixed belief. It includes your values. It includes your commitments. It includes your motivations. It actually, it's your convictions that will determine your conduct. And it is uh, the motivation that will cause you to live what you believe. Conviction. Woo! I mean, the devil likes to mess with people's convictions because it just keeps you from being able to possess the land. I don't want to just read the story. I want to have a story. How about you? Isn't that what it's all about? I mean, the whole Bible, the reason we have the Bible is because men and women, and it tells us this in Peter, they were moved by the Holy Ghost. They were moved. In other words, they were inspired and they wrote, uh, and, and you know, lives of men and women who live for God is what the Bible is full of. But the people who wrote the Bible wrote it being moved by the Spirit. In other words, something inside of them could not live without the will of God. And that's the same thing that's in you because Jesus is in you. You might do things because someone else does it in the beginning of your life. But at some point, it's not just what they're doing. Now it's what you're doing. Y'all are here. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, I'm telling you, Jesus lives big in you. And there are things that you do that cause that witness to shine. And uh, Someone said this, I forgot who it was, but people often have strong convictions about weak issues and they have weak convictions about major issues. They have strong convictions, it alters what they live for, about uh, weak issues like fashion, sports, food, Strong convictions about weak issues and weak convictions about major issues. You say, what are the major issues? Life, death, Jesus, church, the word of God, unalterable things that change the course of your life. And we have strong convictions about fashion, sports. Makeup. I got to have this. Well, you know, I'm glad I like, you know, certain things too. But let me, but listen, but listen, don't let your, uh, uh, your, don't have weak convictions, convictions about the major issues in life. Major issues in life. Don't let it be something you're weak about. Be strong in those things. Unchangeable. I can't live without this. What can you not live without? I can't live without knowing about Jesus and growing in the knowledge of him. I can't live without experiencing his presence in my life. I may not always know how to do it, but I have made the choice that what I do know to do, I'm all in. That's how it happens. Oh, uh, 
so so I encourage you to have conviction. Faith is uh, the the um, a substance of your faith is actually released through your convictions. And the last one I want to tell you, I'm not going to tell you the rest of this right now. Don't be conformed. Have commitment, have convictions, and you could say be a nonconformist. Don't be conformed. Uh, C.S. Lewis said this, if I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was not made for this world. Woo, isn't that good? You say, why do you like to read from, uh, you know, read from people's lives like that? I like to read from people's lives who have actually uh, have a witness, not just the beginning, but the end that they lived their life all committed, convicted by the things of God. They couldn't live without it and they died with it. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, but some of you do, some of you don't, but just remember it. It says, um, a, a person, uh, do not be conformed. I, 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 what is, uh, what is uh, a, a nonconformist? A person whose behavior or views do not conform to prevailing ideas or practices. You say, well, how do I know if I'm conformed or not? Romans 12, uh, chapter uh, 12, verse 1, chapter 2, or, or chapter 12, verse 2 says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Now, this is how the Message Bible says it, and it kind of helps you understand what the word conformed means when he says, don't be conformed. The Message Bible says, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. That's a pretty good explanation for being conformed, isn't it? Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. In other words, you say, well, I want to make a difference. You make a difference by being different. In other words, you're not here to let the culture shape you. You're here to be, as you have been reshaped by Jesus, it reshapes the culture. Hallelujah. That's why even though there might be more Muslims born than, than in any other demographic, and so that would lead you to believe they would be the most, uh, you know, whatever, uh, biggest religion. The fact is, when people are coming to Jesus, it don't matter where they were born. They get born again. They're part of the family of God. Hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord. We were in Malaysia when we were with the Hindus and Muslims and Buddhists. And uh, they were in the church when we were in the church there. And we would ask them, why did you come to Jesus? What happened that caused you to come to Jesus? Every single one of them said the same thing. They knew somebody who knew Jesus. And they had peace with God. And they didn't have that. And they wanted it. Be a nonconformist. Don't become, don't be, he said, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. You say, well, how do I keep from being uh, uh, conformed to the world? Listen to the rest of it. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be 
changed from the inside out. And you say, well, how do I do that? He tells you. I like the uh, message Bible. It kind of helps you uh, comprehend some things. Maybe it's, you don't see with, with the King James. He says, uh, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Woo, that's the secret. To possessing everything God has for you. That's what keeps you committed. A person with conviction is a non-conformist. In the lives, uh, uh, Billy Graham wrote an article years ago about nonconformity. And he says, it seems there's some diabolic mastermind that's running the affairs of this world. And his chief objective is to brainwash Christians and get them to conform to this world. That ain't not, there's nothing new. He says, do not be conformed to this world. Have significance and meaning for us today. They're not comfortable words. They have the tone of a battle call in them. They separate the weak from the strong. They're words of inspiration in our desire to make Christ known and to increase the influence of the church. We're we're prone to think that Christians and the church can be made popular with the unbelieving world. This is a grave mistake. Christ crucified is anathema to Satan. That means it doesn't work. They don't work together. They're on the opposite sides. Uh, he said, uh, he said uh, the message of the gospel is still a stumbling block in foolishness to the world. But sa- and Satan's most effective tools are conformity and compromise. He is aware that one man or woman standing in the midst of a pagan world declaring, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of salvation. For everyone who believes it can do more to move men in the direction of God than thousands of professors of religion. Woo! Glory to God. Oh, I'm telling you, say, how does it happen? How does it happen that things are changed? One decision at a time. You live for what Jesus died for. And as you live it out in your life, like that young boy who was 23, who came to the altar in Waco, and 12 years before, he came to the front door of a lady in the church, and she prayed for him. And as she prayed for him, he made some choices that tried to destroy his life but she stayed with what she knew God asked her to do and it literally saved his life saved his life saved his life that was a remarkable incident and I and and as he came back the next night to the meeting and the next night there was something in him he said actually he said I forgot he said I was called to ministry and I turned my back on it Oh, glory to God. But I'm here to tell you in these last days, men and women and young boys and girls who have lived uh, uh, lives just have been marked and tried to, to taken out by the things of this world. God's hand of mercy is coming upon them and there's an army rising up and there is a, a, a way that God has made for them that they become strong where they were weak and where they were torn apart. He puts it back together again. And I, I believe I'm in the midst of some people young men young boys and girls who have that same heart in them to live for Jesus and to do what he wants to do because you are the witness that he's alive hallelujah hallelujah 
I read this story many years ago about a young man. He was 21 years of age at the time. His name was William Borden. He was the heir to the Borden dairy fortune. And he was, uh, his parents were very rich and and they, at the age of 21, at his, he, he became, got his inheritance from his parents. He'd been going to Bible school and he'd heard actually the preaching and the influence of a man named John Mott. You may not know any of these names, but you should look them up. They're interesting people. And John Mott was one of these men who was very uh, highly skilled. He was uh, offered uh, the ambassadorship to Japan in the mid-1920s by the president then. He turned it down, and, um, and, and when asked, he said, Mr. President, since God called me to be, uh, as a student to be an ambassador of his, my ears have been deaf to all other calls. He had high qualifications. He was recognized on a national and international level for his ability. But he said no because he couldn't live without the call of God. It's called committed, convicted, and a nonconformist. He also, uh, when a, an oil company was looking for a man to represent them, now you got to understand, this was almost 100 years ago. He was offered a salary of $10,000 to go. He turned it down, so they offered it, upped it to $25,000 a year. He, he turned it down. Now, this was 100 years ago. This was big money. They offered him $50,000 to go. He turned it down. The executive asked him, what's wrong? What's wrong, Mr. Mott? He said, your price is all right. I'm, no, this is Mr. Mott. He said, your price is all right, but your job is too small. I can't live without the will of God. Oh, you can't buy me. I'm already sold out to Jesus. He said, your price is all right. Your job is too small. He said, I'm called to be an ambassador for Jesus. Well, he was the man. That when William Borden was in Bible school, this was the man who was talking to him. You think just saying yes to Jesus is all about you? It's never just all about you. And, and so William Borden as a young Bible school student is, is greatly influenced by this man who said, he, this man, when he was talking to him at Bible school, he said, I have been contented with my plans and there has been a constantly reaching impulse in me, urging me to devote my whole life and talents to the service of Jesus. Uh, John Mott's creed was very simple. Evangelization of the world. <laughs> you say, you, you just, that's a big dream, isn't it? That's God's dream. Well, he began, this is the man who influenced uh, um, uh, William Borden at the age of 21. He said, uh, as he got his inheritance, he wept, he fell on his knees and asked where he should, uh, what he should do with it. He felt he should invest it in missions, uh, all of it to missions, millions of dollars in 1909, millions. He obeyed God's leading to the great distress of his parents. <laughs> But he was ordained at the age of 25 and on September 9th, 1912, he offered himself to the a China Inland Mission. And as he was offered in his front of his Bible, he wrote, no reserve. As he went on his trip, 
He was, uh, he began as he went, as he went, uh, he had graduated. He left uh, all the comforts in home to go to Africa under no reserve. He now wrote no return. And as he was on route to Africa, he'd stopped in Egypt to visit some missionary friends. He was studying Arabic in North Africa before going to work among China, Inland Island, uh, China, uh, China's Muslim community. Woo, glory to God. There, he actually is where he contracted a disease and he died at the age of 26. His parents went to pick up his body and as they did, they found his uh, Bible clasped in his hands across his chest. When they opened it, they immediately saw the words that he had already written in the front. No reserve, no return. Each one was dated at the time of the entry. That's why they knew when he had written them. Underneath this, dated two days before he breathed his last breath, he had written, no regret. No reserve. No return. No regret. Now I'm here to tell you, it's that kind of commitment and conviction that leaves an impression on your world that Jesus is alive. Hallelujah. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is that you're called to do with in your life, what you're called to do for Jesus in your life. I don't know what it is. But tonight, whatever it is you have to let go of, that's keeping you from being close to him. The Holy Ghost is going to help you to do it. And tomorrow, I'm telling you, Smith Wigglesworth, I don't know if you know who he was. He was uh, quite an, uh, you know, an apostle of faith. He had a huge problem with anger. Huge. Just about destroyed his life. You say, what was the answer to his anger problem? Responding to God. He got with God. He gave his, he got in the presence of God. And as God told him to do something, he did it. And as he got more exposed to Jesus, I'm telling you, the anger is not as big as you think it is. When you get in the presence of the one who sets you free, we are part of the family of God. And he has changed our lives with his power. This is probably one of my favorite songs that we sing. Because see, I didn't come from a family that showed me what Jesus was like. But I got connected to one when I said yes to Jesus. It changed everything. This is my family portrait. It's me and Jesus You can hardly tell the two of us apart For on a hill outside Jerusalem We shared a family tree Everything in Him now in me 
It's now in me.
say he's alive. He's alive in Russia. He's alive in Iraq. He's alive. Is he alive? He's, he's alive in Mexico. Somebody say he's alive. He's alive. Is he alive in you? He's alive in South America and oh. Europe. He's alive. He's, he's alive, alive in Florida. In Florida. For he lives the life that destroys sin and death, and he broke every chain for the mind. Everybody say he's alive. He's alive. I've been shouting out he's alive. Not our will, but your will be done. Whatever you say, God, I'll do it. Oh, Lord, we want to be the generation that declares Jesus is alive. We don't want to live for anyone or anything that would take our commitment away from you. We make our hearts open to you, oh, Lord. We may be strong in certain things, but if we're weak, In the things of God, we want to be changed. Oh, Lord, your hand and your purpose on our hearts and on our lives. Oh, we cry out to you. We don't cry out 
to anyone but you, Lord. We thank you for working, working in us to do your purpose and your plan. You're at work in us, oh God. You said you were at work in us, and we believe you're at work in us. Oh, just pray in the spirit for a minute. You know, I am, I am not proud of it, but I, I got messed up in the rock and roll business. you've seen and noticed by the news and stuff it's not a really good lifestyle and I was called when I was five I made a commitment to Christ and uh, I just I was a soul winner all through school my first soul winning experience is I invited a whole row of uh, second graders first or second graders to a revival one night and they all got saved once you get a taste of that, nothing ever satisfies really. And I got messed up. And, and, uh, and I was, you know, quite the drug addict. But, but I'll never forget this girl when we did drugs together. And I still talked about the Lord even then. Um, I said, you guys, I know Jesus died on the cross for our sins, but I just don't know how to live for it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, i got to work this thing out. I'll never forget one night we were at a party and uh, she came to the door and uh, I was pretty wiped out. And uh, she, uh, she looked at me and there was this tears in her eyes and this look of desperation on her face. And she said, uh, I need help. And I said, I, I, I can't do anything right now. I said, I'm just wiped. And I, I just looked at her because I was about to pass out. And then uh, the next day I got a call, and I don't share this much. In fact, I don't share, I probably shared it maybe once in 37 years. She had hung herself. <laughs> oh, I was listening to that. I love that story about Borden. I love it. No reserve, no return, no regret. And I carried lots of regret. Not just about that, but I just. Hmm. Probably that's the reason I'm really strong with kids and really lay hands on them and really try to get stuff stirred in them. And never forget. Don't never forget. Nothing gets because between you. I love the Lord, but I never had that. I never had that outpoured presence come, come on me. I'd pray and I'd pray for the lost all those years and stuff, but I. And something happened to me. And, but even with that, you know, you can struggle with things. And, and I want you to know, because you'll have friends that you'll see, and they, they might be struggling with things. They may not leave and let on. And they're going to need you to be able to speak into their lives. Yeah. 
they might even be Christian friends. And I, I tell all our, our young people, I say, never, 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 when you hear something about somebody, say, I can't believe they did that. Never say that. Because anybody can do anything when there's deception, even if you're a strong, spirit-filled Christian. And you're going to deal with kids that they're going to need to hear the truth. They're going to need to hear there's hope. They're going to need to hear about the beauty of forgiveness. They're going to need to hear about judgment, too. You don't hear about judgment much. You know, we got to be careful. Everything's grace. Well, yes, we know grace, but there is judgment, too, and justice. But believe me, you don't want justice because Jesus Christ made us justified. In, in, in 2011, they did a, a most 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 influential people in the whole world. There were artists, there were judges, there were ty- uh, um, uh, rich uh, ty- what's it? Yeah, tycoons. There were all kinds of different people. They only had one nun on there who ran a, uh, ran a, a charity uh, station. But there, there wasn't anybody on there that was talked about preaching the gospel. Preaching the, the greatest book ever written. No one. Somebody about street preaching said, um, you stand on the street and sometimes people like to, you want to walk past them. You know, I've, seen, I've seen people walk past them. Well, I don't. I just go out and let them talk. I love it. I wish somebody would stand on a street corner. And they'll preach. You don't hear about the ones in, that are going to their school cafeterias and sitting with people and, and talking about Christ. Or going swimming and around a pool talking to someone about Jesus. Or going out to eat and asking your waitress if they know the Lord. Or since I've been here, I've already talked with four, four, four young people who know Christ. I said, hey, do you know Jesus? I was getting yogurt. I mean, I'd gotten this girl's almost in her face. I was kind of getting my yogurt. And I was there and I went, oh, excuse me. I said, you have a comfort zone? She said, well, not really. I said, well, neither do I. I said, you must know Jesus, do you? Kids, there's all kinds of ways. And she said, she was kid, kids, we're 15 or so. She said, well, as a matter of fact, I do. I said, good. Let others know or something like that. And she went back. And, and at first, she was kind of taken back, but I could see, you know, I said, that's the greatest thing in the world. You understand what I'm trying to. You understand what I'm trying to do. It, it, so what? So we come here, and we get excited. We go to a conference, and we get excited. It's about telling somebody we're not just preaching to church people. We're, we're supposed to take it to the nations. We're supposed to take it to, to outside the church. You understand what I'm saying? Anybody in here? Am I just? Is, is it just me? Am I just over dramatic about this? Because you care so much about other people. The very country that we're, we're trying to work with right now in Iran in the 1980s. The, the, uh, the head of Iran, the Iranian regime, sent thousands of young boys as young as eight years old. They put plastic keys around their necks they told them that these were the keys to paradise. If you clear the minefields tonight, you will be with Allah in heaven. So they sent out thousands of young boys to clear those minefields, yelling, Allah, I don't know the word, clutching those plastic keys. These kind of people are in the world today. We don't wrestle with flesh and blood. But 
that there are principalities and powers to pray over your school, pray over the city, pray over the nations that set themselves up. There's a work to be done. Billy Graham. Somebody in here could be a Billy Graham. I've been praying, Lord, raise up the evangelist. Where are the evangelists? Raise them up that go in and stir up stuff. Mass crusades. There might be a Billy Graham in here right now. There might be an Esther in here right now. There might be a Catherine Kuhlman. So we don't even know her. Look up these people. Don't get so today, what's going on today, that you don't look up and study and read about people and what they did and have a hunger that come in your heart to want to do the same thing, to lay the hands on the sick. You know, Catherine Kuhlman, she had the world's flowing long dress, you know, she'd come out and she'd lay hands and so, you know, I wanted to do that and, you know, I wanted a flowing long dress and do that and another lady that I knew, she would sing her words to you and Oh, and I would just, I tried that one time. I just sang my words to everybody. I mean, I was trying to do something. I wanted to do something. Does that make any sense to anybody? And I, and I, I promised, I promised the Lord. I said, I said, backslidden or no backslidden. After I heard that she had killed herself, hung herself. And I said, I will talk about Jesus wherever I go. I'd go into a bar and I'd bring, bring, go around the, around the thing uh, if I'd stayed in a hotel with a bar, you know, and, and I'd, I'd go around where the people were selling drinks and I'd say, all right, I want to take a poll in here right now. How many people ever knew Jesus Christ and your parents dragged you to church when you were little? I, I did. I did. I did. <laughs> then I'd talk to him about how he could change my life and how he changed mine. He said, I can't do that, Cindy. Yes, you can you can do anything. All things to Christ that strengthens you. You can do it. In high school, I used to go sit by the kids that nobody else would go sit by. I was very popular in high school. So I knew if I sat down, but it didn't matter. People would say, were you care what you wore? No, if I wore it, it was cool. I knew I was in Christ, but I didn't understand. I didn't know about that. I knew he... He, I knew I was a Christian. But I'd go sit beside someone that there other people I made fun of. I'd just talk to them, ask them to come to church. There's a lady called, uh, what's her name, Lu- Lu- Lucy Farrell. She was, she was a black pastor back in the late 1800s, just before the Zusa Street broke out. And there was a man in her church called William Seymour. Anybody here know anything about the Azusa Street Revival? Look it up. There's books about all the teenagers that were used during the Azusa Street Revival. And he heard her pray in tongues. Just a woman, black woman, back in Houston. Then she introduced him to someone else called uh, Parham. He was having, Charles Parham, he was having people getting spirit-filled in Topeka, Kansas. And then they introduced him to somebody else out in California. He went out in California. And then Azusa broke out because he wanted so. You want so much. You're not satisfied with anything else. 
you want so much for others to know him and for the move and the, and the, and the revival to saturate the land. And you pray and you pray and you keep praying everywhere you go. God, do it here. Do it here, God. Do it here. And different churches start catching it. And different ones start getting on fire. And different ones start catching that, catching it. And it's just a spirit and it just permeates throughout the whole church. And it permeates anybody who walks in the building. Because you're just like bouncing off the walls. Or else you're on your face weeping. I'm telling you, it's, it's different. It's not like church is normal. It's just different. We were, we were in a church in, 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 in Lebanon, Missouri. And man, people started hearing about the services and said, get to those meetings. Pastors would come in and cry out. One guy cried out and fell across the chairs and said, God, have mercy on me. Spirit-filled pastor. Kids would start running. One girl took a brace off her, off her arm. Different ones were doing all different kinds of things. The glory just poured in. and I like it when things happen and I just step back. Because somebody out there can't hardly control it anymore. Is there anybody in this room that feels that? Anyone in this room at all with me? If I don't do it, I won't be able to live. I can't live without. If you can live without this, you will. You know why some churches don't do more than they do? Because they're happy and satisfied where they're at. This is it. No, this isn't it. There's a travail. Anybody in here tonight, you feel called to the full-time ministry? Come down here right now. Anybody like that, you feel called to the full-time ministry? Come down. Hallelujah. Anybody else? You feel called. I don't care how young you are. You know, I, I, the Lord told me when I was six, He said, you'll go around, you'll go around and sing to people around the world. Anybody else, you feel called to the full-time ministry? You say, what does that mean? Say, that means that you want to give your life. You'll be a missionary or, you know, you want to be a pastor one day or you want to um, work in the church full-time. Or you want to be an evangelist. You just want to say, Lord, I just, you know, I feel, I feel called to uh, you know, go to another place, go to another, uh, go to another nation, like the Cools did eventually. Let me ask you this: you know, How many of you are willing to say yes to full-time ministry? Maybe right now you don't know, but your heart is open to say yes to full-time ministry. You need to come down here. Come on down. Come on down. So I'm, come will, on. I'm willing to do. You what, don't know. But your heart is willing and open. And you're saying, yes, Lord, I'm open to be in full-time ministry. And you know that's something that you've laid on the altar. There's too many people, guys. Um, You know, we can, however you want to take them, line them up down there or whatever you need to do. Billy Graham. Everybody's heard of Billy Graham in here. Has everybody heard of Billy Graham? He felt such. He felt like such a, a, a loser because he was dating this girl, and and she said, "Well, I just have to break up with you because you're just not spiritual enough for me." And he went out and cried and cried and cried in this golf golf course. And his some friends, preacher friends, came and found him and said, "What are you doing?" He said, "I." 
He said, I'm going to serve God. He said, I don't care if I have a girl or not. He said, I'll just do my best. Here, Billy Graham, you're not spiritual enough for me. Don't you know she's sorry she said that after? <sighs> Obviously wasn't the one for her. No, she wasn't the one for him. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, that's, she wasn't, she wasn't the one for him. Kate shepherded one of the Salvation Girls. Salvation Army. She was Salvation Army Girls back in England, 1891. She was 17 years old, girls. She gave her heart to Christ and she said, I want to do what I can do. And she'd start talking about Jesus. She'd close her eyes. She'd, she'd, the whole time she'd preach, she'd just close her eyes. Oh, God, I know these people need you. Oh, Lord, I know they need you. They're miserable without you, Lord. Just show them how much you care, Lord. I know they need you. So they said the altars would flood. They couldn't hold the building. The, the buildings couldn't hold the people. 17 years old, she had to move her meetings to, at, to the sides of the mountains. Then the thousands and thousands would come. And every time they'd come, she'd say, Oh, Lord, you know they're miserable without you. They need you, Jesus. She was one of the most well-known revivalists back in the day of Salvation Army in that era. She began, when began, she did it for 10 years. She had several offices of marriage and she turned them down because she knew God had told her to do this. I'm telling you, you can do anything. She didn't even preach. You know, sometimes I hear Lois teach and I think, yeah, can I do that? But I don't have to because she does. But she didn't even preach. She would just stand there. Oh, God, you know they need you. You know they need you, God. You know they need you. She just closed her eyes the whole time in the altar. I want you to understand, and out there, you don't have to know everything. Listen, just do something with what you do. The now. reason I ask you if you were open, if you knew your heart was open to full-time ministry, because I want to tell you something. I did not have an idea, oh, I'm going to be in full-time ministry. I got born again when I was nine. I didn't have any idea I was going to be in full-time ministry. Now, 37 years later, I guess I am in full-time ministry. But I want to tell you how it happened. One decision at a time. I said yes to Rama Bible Training Center. I said yes. And it put in me something that was actually God will put in you what you need to be what he wants you to be. And you may not understand what's happening at the time. In fact, most of the time you don't. But if you'll just say yes to what you know God wants you to do, if that's where he's taking you, you'll know it. And you'll walk into it one step at a time. Now, some people, like Cindy when she was five, I didn't have anything when I was five. But when I was older, I said yes to God, what I knew to do. And I didn't even know what it meant to do that. You don't have to comprehend what God's doing. You just have to say yes to what he's asking you to do. And I know Cindy's going to pray for you. This is the anointing. The anointing. I depend on the anointing because I can't do anything dry. I, I depend on his presence. But I don't. If I don't feel it, I'll still step out and do something. You understand what I'm saying? But I love it. I love it. Because ten times more people will get saved. Ten times more people will get healed. 
There'll be words of wisdom and words of knowledge. People's lives will be changed forever. When sometimes I've laid hands on kids and they've grown up and, and they'll go out and they'll tell me, they'll tell me, oh, I did this, I did that. I, I'm a pastor now or, or I married and now I'm, I'm one, one boy. I laid hands on his a seven. He got spirit filled and we were at a meeting, was getting ready to go to, to France and do some work and it was a big, big conference in Paris. And um, we needed a lot of money and we were getting ready to go pretty quick. And this guy walks up to me and he's got on this jacket. He looks, you know, like, actually he looked like a farmer. And he said, you don't recognize me, He do was you? a farmer. That's what I'm going to tell him. Hello. Thank you. And so, and so. He um, look like a farmer. And so, and so, uh, he said, you don't remember me, do you? And I said, no. He said, you came to our school and you preached to our kids. And there were only 15 kids out in the middle of a desert. But you said yes. You understand how God works? There were 15 kids in the middle of a desert in a little school. And you, and you said, yes, we'll, we'll minister to your school. Laid hands on all of them. They all got spirit filled. This happens all the time. Well, he got Use your faith. Use your faith. He got spirit filled. He was walking out of the room with his dad. Dad said, you know, you're praying in tongues. And he said, no, I didn't know I was praying in tongues. He was saying. But I, I told him, I said uh, something about this would be the hands of a very, very wealthy man. He said, everybody got a word that night. He said, but he said, nobody prayed it. Nobody spoke it. Nobody believed it. He said, I took it. He said, I took it. I prayed over it. I took it. I prayed over it. He said, today I'm the wealthiest cotton farmer in all of Pinell County in South Arizona. He said... He wasn't only the wealthiest, he's the youngest. The youngest. 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 And then he asked us... You know what he, he said, how much do you need? And I said, well, I don't want to scare you. He said, you can't scare me. I can scare some people. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, a big, it was a big amount. And I told him, he said, I'll write you a check tonight. The rest will come later. You'll have it before you leave. You said, what was that about? That was about a mission from God. That we said yes to, that a young seven-year-old boy that we said yes to, twenty-something years before, twenty-five years before, Are you had it? a part to play in. Do you understand? And listen, because we started going into France in 1989, and we heard the news that's going on over there, we know now. We've been working there for years. There is a strong band of believers who know how to pray in that nation today. Anybody we weren't else the only ones, the but I'm just saying. Do you understand how this works? Once a, a, a drug addict, you know, a rock singer. I said, God, please don't use me. Please, I might mess up again. He said, if you do, I can handle it. I said, Lord, I don't know if I can do this. He said, good, you're doing something I want you to do. Do you understand? You don't have to know. You don't have to know. You just have to trust. You don't have to try. You just have to trust. Oh, honey, it's going to be thrilling with you. God's going to send you somebody, too. That's the same heart. Oh, and you both will just be so excited. But you'll be serious, too. I'm serious about my joy, but I'm serious about my prayer. Serious about reading. Serious about talking to others for Christ. Serious about going into all the world and proclaiming the gospel. The world needs. It needs hope. It needs joy. The world needs to know. Our voices are the strongest things. And sometimes we clam up. 
That's like, he just wants us to shut up. Don't say anything. Listen, you've got to. You say, well, you, but you're just like that. That's what you do. No, I'm not like that. I'm, I'm always thinking of ways I can talk to people or what I can say or what I can do. The girl who took my money for the yogurt, um, I said something. And she said, oh, yeah, I couldn't live without him. And I said, yes, yes. She said, oh, yeah, I couldn't live without him. I said, yes. Then I talked to somebody else and I said, talk to them. They were outside the yogurt place. And they didn't, they didn't kind of respond the same way. But I knew I'd gotten some seeds out the glory and the gifts of the Spirit. I prayed for the Lord to stretch forth His hand to, to heal and cure before signs and wonders. Before we pray, uh, before we minister, I pray. I pray for the Holy Spirit to fall on all who hear the words. I pray for people's hearts to be tur- turned. I pray that they'll be affected and that they'll never be the same if, even if they don't act like it. Something, a root, something will take a hold and they'll be pulled into it. One teenager wrote me, about a year later, he said, I didn't like you. This was a very large church. He was sitting on the back. He said, I didn't like you. He said, I thought you were just too much. And he said, this is my first offering for my first job. He said, thank you so much for praying for me and not paying attention to the way I was acting. But see, I loved him. Jesus has compassion. He just looks at someone and has compassion. Don't ever get cold. Don't ever get hard. He just looks at the people. He had compassion on the lady whose son was dead. He goes over and he touches the coffin. The sun rises up and starts to speak. He said, have you ever seen any miracles? Oh, lots. Will you stop praying if you don't see any more? No, are you kidding me? Lots of miracles. One little boy at, last, at one of our services a year ago, he had operations where he couldn't hardly talk. And I, I was just laying hands. and I laid hands. He was like three or four. And I was laying hands on him. All of a sudden, he started yelling, fire, fire, fire. He went to his dad. He said, my mouth is on fire. I'm going to preach. I'm going to preach. You understand? You understand? He was going to preach. He was born with a deformed palate. He, he didn't have the ability to speak. A six-year-old, a six-year-old, I gave her the mic and she stood up in front of the congregation, huge congregation. She stood up there and she said, I'm going to go to the Philippines and preach. You understand, I want to get a hook inside of you where never again you'll look at people the same. Never again will you think about yourself. Never again will you think lackadaisical about living in this life and living in this world that's so messed up, so confused, and you've got the answer. Never again will you keep silent when you need to speak up. Never again will you be lackadaisical about praying. And when the Holy Ghost, even sometimes I'll start praying and don't even feel a thing. By the time I get through, I'm just shaking. I'm in His presence. Glory to God. God, you asked that, ask for the rain. We pray for all our pastors. We pray for all our partners. We pray for people all around the world we've been praying this way for 37 years never again will you ever be cold and callous never again will you be embarrassed to open your mouth for Christ never again never again when there's a song and your pastor takes off or your youth leader takes off or your ministry of music leader takes off will you just sit in your chair but you'll go hey man I'll never let them run by themselves again ever you get in my drift. God's moving. I want Him to move in me. Move in me. Is Amy, is Amy here? Would you come help me, please? 
I want you to hold my mic and follow me. And I'll start down there. Close your eyes. Just close your eyes. And whether something happens tonight or later on, one little boy was 11, not too long ago, and I prayed for him. He went home and shook for three hours. Then I had someone else tell me that didn't hit him till later, and boom, all of a sudden they realized they're laying in bed, and they went, this is what she was talking about. This is what she was talking about. Lord, I don't want you praying when I lay hands on you. I don't want you thinking about that. Just I just want you to receive. Ushers look alive. Oh. Yeah, the glory is there. Now the tangible anointing will be so strong on you. Oh, it's going to flood you. See that a word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and working in the gifts of the Spirit. from it. Land on him so strong that he goes, God, what is this? What is this? What is this? God, I'll do it. I'll do it, God. I'll do it, God. I'll do it. And don't get distracted. That's what the work of devil is all about. Distractions don't do it. Burn in him, Holy Ghost. Flood these kids, God. Flood them. Flood them. I mean, stay there until you know. better make it good because it's going to be good because Spirit of God will touch your lips like he's touching everybody tonight He'll never be the same. Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, also had a fire. But he said, if you don't weep for your sins, I will. Somebody's got to. Oh, many times I said, God, Give this nation for what we've done. Send the life. Send the life. Let it rain. Let your heart so moved. Not just him, but everybody in this room. Some people said, oh, no, 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 no. And so I put somebody went, oh, no, 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 no. Don't pay attention. 
glory's falling on you now. I tell you, everyone. Who is my target, Lord? Everyone. But the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. You know what I mean. Should the Lord tarry. God, I had a strange word. I don't even know what this means. I, I, I don't think I know. It'll all be yours. To do as you please. Night to night to night to night to night to night to night. Don't you worry. Don't you fear. Oh, it's wonderful when you let go. God does everything. There goes the glory right now. You'll see. Funny. You're going to be very happy with the outcome. <laughs> There goes the glory right now. It's coming up your legs right now. Stay on the floor as long as you can. What I want you to do, I want you to stay there till you know something has happened to you. Do you have an encounter? Uh, everybody else can just line up around the room. And I'll just come around the room, I guess, because uh, ushers, wait, uh, huh? I'm going to pray for her, but I want everybody else to line up around the room. I'm going to pray for everybody here. It won't be long, ushers. I'm going to go really fast, so, so you know, be, be, catch fast. Hallelujah. Ushers, help me li line them up. Where's my little girl that was pushed here? Is oh, okay. Is it, who is it? Who's, what? Oh, you. Okay, somebody, are you doing it? run with the gospel anyway so just run down there close your eyes there goes the anointing right there there he goes he's, he's falling right now yeah you're qualified you're more than qualified God likes using people who don't think they're qualified because then he can really do something I mean he'll use anybody but oh the ones who depend on him for every single thing Ooh, that depend on Him for the miracles and oh, the salvations and the, oh, the gifts of the Spirit. Oh, God, I just can't even breathe without you. Those who depend on Him. One thing about Dad Hagen, he depended on the Holy Spirit for everything. Yes, the Holy Spirit taught him the Word and he would walk out the Word in wisdom, but he depended on Him. And that's going to be the hallmark of your ministry. 
He's going to flood you so. You've got to. You've got to have this. Ooh, so you'll know what it's like when you lay hands on them. Oh, and Jesus will visit you in a very special way. It's not try, it's trust. By the way, the answer is yes. Listen to your leaders who are over you. Hallelujah. All right, everybody lined up. Are we, are we, are we starting here? Is there a room? If there's not room, bring them up a little bit. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We're crying for the rain tonight. I am believing God for you to be so saturated. Close your eyes. Honey, you're called. You know you are. And maybe you may not, you may not think it, but you are. There's all kinds of ways people are called. You understand what I'm saying? All kinds of ways. God, the anointing the Lord. This is a prayer warrior right here. God's going to use you to pray so many things up and down. I've been crying out for prayer warriors to rise up because prayer is the key for revival. It's a key for 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 um, um, for anything that we do significant that's going to mark our time here on this earth. Yes, you've got to pray. we got to bring people together that knows how to pray and go to that place that knows how to move things in the Spirit. That's the key, and you'll do it. I don't know if she had it more than me. One of us had it. I think it was her. Hallelujah. He's listening. Are you? He's listening. Are you? Now the glory is going to. Oh, he's trying to get your attention. Oh, he's saying, come on, trust me. Boy, there's a lot of trust. Let him take your let him take your breath away. Sometimes the Lord just takes my breath away. Oh, sometimes oh he's so strong. Man, there's a word for almost everybody in this building. You guys are so strong in the Lord. Subtleness can be the strongest. Stir up those gifts. 
questions. Wait and see how the blessing of the Lord will overtake you because of your obedience. You love Jesus with all your heart. You'll do whatever he says. And why didn't you go down there in that line when you asked for that? That's first line. Close your eyes. The glory is separation, a separation night. That's what this is. That's what this meeting's all about. A stronger call. You know Jesus? Oh, somebody bring Stay there. Stay there in that place. Stay in that place. Stay in that place. Hallelujah. 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 I remember one night I was in a meeting like this, and I stayed there. And then he said, you're going to do this and this and this. Because I wasn't satisfied. Wanted revival so bad for the world. Ah, oh, for the world. And, and there's a gifting on us, and it seemed like every nation we would go into, things would just start stirring up in that nation. Pastors would say it was like fire, fire, fire would go through in different places. I said, oh God, that's your anointing. That's your gift. And usually the thing you're the strongestly anointed for is the thing you'll be challenged the most for. Let's close your eyes. Don't pray. Don't pray. Don't pray. Yeah, you, you're doing what you know to do. Oh, it's not small either. It's huge. It's very, very big. If you could only see. Sometimes when I share my stories, I don't want people to think, well, that's just too far. No, no, that's normal. Just listen to him. It's normal, Christian. Listening is what we do most of the time. 
pray. Listen. Pray. Listen. Be full of it. So, so geared up. You're serious. You're very serious. <laughs> so was Dwight Moody. So was a woman called Mrs. Body, who was a her husband and her traveled all over teaching in Christ realities. And there was a man that came in her service called Smith Wigglesworth. He got spirit-filled. She was serious about it. It is serious. Christians are dying all the time. It is. And you're going to have a change. You're going you're to be a part that's working through the change. Because of your obedience to pray. Everything they need. 
Send them the right friends, the right spouse, the right job. Send them, God, everything they need to finish, to preach, to proclaim, to be that light. And the, and the outpouring of the anointing will saturate them. They'll never, 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 never be the same. I have a word for everybody in this room. And as you do, so trust in the Lord that He can work in you and yield yourself to His power and watch what He will cause you to be able to do. Yield to Him in those things that seem so small and seem like they won't matter at all. And yet they will be. Oh, the very keys that will unlock in you all that God has planned and made for you to do. And as you yield to Him in those things that others may not even care about, oh, you'll see a greater strength that will grow that will cause the call of God to come out. And as it does, and as you recognize this is the work of the Lord, oh, don't look back and think, oh, this is too much for me. But yield to the greater one, and he will give you more. He will cause you to rise where you failed in the past. He will cause you to stand where you thought you could not be. He will make you able to say those things that He is doing. He will fill you up with glorious strength and ability. So trust in Him. And as you do, doors will open that you thought were closed for you. You see, if the Lord tarries, you're the future of this church. You'll be the teachers and the preachers and the deacons and the workers. Prayers, the givers.
And if people can't see, just pray that they do. They may act like they don't want you, Jesus, but one day, one day, one day they'll say, I remember those people talking about you. Even the hard ones, don't be moved by that. Love them anyway. Because everybody's looking for freedom. Even the youth that marched with Hitler, they were marching for freedom, but that's not what they got. So you be wise. Listen on the inside.
greatest thing in all my life is serving you. The greatest thing in all my life is serving you. I want to serve you, Lord. I want to serve. Sing it's knowing you. The greatest thing in all my life is knowing you. To sing the greatest thing. Yes, we were risk takers, Lord. We'll do it. We won't back off. We won't back. We won't back. Not unless you tell us to. Whatever you say. Whatever you say. Oh, for you are God. You are God of all those other gods. <laughs> You're Lord of all those other lords. You're king of all those other kings. (laughs) 
in jail will still not shut up. Yeah. Yeah, show us that plan. Show us the plan. Show us the plan. Show, show them their, their plan. Their plan, Lord. He kept us. Uh, he says, uh, Oh, I know, I know, I know, I know. They don't think so, Lord, but you'll handle it. They'll just trust you. You'll handle it. church. <laughs> yeah, it'll be oh my stronger than ever. They won't miss a beat. <laughs> These kids are rising up. <laughs> ha ha, Mr. Devil. You don't want that to happen, but I've got news for you. It's going to happen anyway. <laughs> Everybody in here, filled with the Spirit with evidence of speaking in other tongues. If you're not, I want born you to Born again and filled with the Spirit. Born again, do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? Have you ever asked Him into your heart? If you can't remember, I want you to come here real quick. If you can't remember, come in real quick. If you're not filled with the Spirit, with evidence of speaking in tongues, get up here real quick. Come here. Quickly. Quickly. Praise the Lord. Or is this your first time or what? It's my second time. Your second time? Do you guys go to church here? Oh, 
okay, that, that, that somebody's invited you to come. You know, has anybody, have you heard about praying in tongues? Been filled with the Spirit? Praying in tongues? If you're, if you're able, sometimes in services like this, I'm just out of it. <laughs> but if you're able to pray in tongues, when I pray with him, pray with us. the Holy Ghost, you can just begin to speak worship him, the Bible says they heard them speak with other tongues magnify the Lord we're just praising together as a group right now, not for tongues interpretation or anything just to to worship him out of our spirit Just lift your voice. Maybe you don't pray or speak in tongues that much, but if you'll yield to the Spirit of God, just with a heart, a willing heart, yield to Him, you'll begin to just be. Just be your mouth filled. I need a couple of guys to come down here and pray in tongues with them. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yeah, yeah. Couple here, couple here. Yeah, surrender God. God's good. The good news is just night number one. We've got Sunday, Sunday night. I'll tell you what, there's more that God wants to do. He's not finished. 
I encourage you, don't miss Sunday morning, don't miss Sunday night. But you know, I'll say this too, the things the Lord spoke to you tonight, spoke to your heart, write those things down. Yes. You know, get them in front of you. That's yes. why that guy wrote in his Bible, you know, he wrote no return. Yes. He, he wrote those things down as a reminder to himself. Yes. You know, the enemy's going to come, he's going to challenge you on things. Yes. Write that stuff down so that you can go back and, and, and remember what the Lord said to you. Amen. Write those things down. No return, no reserve, no regret. Write them down. Even if they didn't get like a personal word, write down what they heard as they were on the floor. Write down what they heard throughout the meeting. What, what, what pierced your heart? What affected you? Because you're going to have to ask your questions. You have to ask yourself questions. What makes you cry? What makes you angry? What makes you love? Find out what things really move your heart. What makes me angry is the devil trying to work in people's lives. What makes me cry is when I think about the lost. Think about your emotions. What the things that touch you the most? Let them be the things of God. Write down some things. What you sensed. Or if you didn't sense anything, say, well, I didn't, God, but I want to. Write that down. Write down what you heard. Because everybody in here heard something. In other words, just make it a way for God to be able to have an open, you have an open heart toward God. Do you understand? Be responsive in what he's doing in your heart tonight. I love the Old Testament, but what really gives me a love for different things is the Gospels and the Book of Acts. You know, I read everything he did. I can do that too. Good bunch. We were praying. <laughs> You're praying. Yeah. You're going to take them on, on with you. You are. Some are going to say, I'll follow you. Some have got your heart already. You're going to take many of them on through. And they're going to say, They know your dad's the pastor. Don't get me wrong. Because they've got to know that. But if there's ever a shift, they're going to be with you. And they're going to say, I ain't going nowhere. God's speaking to them. But they'll stand. And they'll pray. And they'll weep. And they'll laugh. Just like Steve. You're going to have more. they trust your heart and they know you love them that's the key right there that's the key to having followers do they know that you love them hallelujah wow hallelujah Mm. let's just do this let's just lift our hands and thank the Lord for what he's done tonight hallelujah Father we love you Lord Jesus, we love you. Holy Spirit, we honor you. We magnify, we exalt you. Hallelujah. Father, we don't want to go anywhere, do anything without you. Hallelujah, Father. We thank you. We thank you, Father. You're here every step of the way, every minute of the day. Hallelujah. You're with us. Hallelujah. 
Father, we thank you. Lord Jesus, we love you. We honor you. Holy Spirit, we magnify you. Hallelujah. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Hallelujah. 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 Father, we love you. We bless you. We honor you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Sunday morning, Sunday night. I believe we're going to hit some things. There's some things we're going. We're going somewhere. There's a place I'm just not satisfied, but I believe we'll hit it before we leave this church. So whatever you kids could do, get back. Something else is going on. I can't put my finger on it. Anybody feel that besides me? Hallelujah. Don't miss if you don't have to. We're here on business. And I know we'll hit it. Sometimes it's the first service, sometimes it's the second. But I know we'll hit it. So don't miss if you don't have to. If your parents just say, man, i got to go to church. And if they freak out, just say, listen, you'd rather me go there than the bar. Hallelujah. Something we can't, I can't quite. We just have to pray out. You kids, praise God. Hope you guys realize you're vital to this church. You're vital to what God's doing here. You're vital. You're not just a, you're not observers. You are vital, intricate parts of what God's doing. Amen. I really believe there are some people in here tonight that you don't realize the call of God's on your life. But if you'll just say yes to what you know, you'll step into it. I really believe that because um, it just, uh, that's really my life's about, honestly. And I can tell you, I'm telling you, everything good that's ever happened in my life has been because of just saying yes to what I know to do. So I just, I encourage you, do it. Because I really believe God's called some people into full-time ministry. You just don't. You can't see yourself in it. I couldn't either. I had no pattern in the natural. No one in my family. I don't come from a family of preachers. You understand? <laughs> you don't want to know what I come from a family of. I come from the family of the redeemed. That's what I come from. But God's hands on you for good. And I'm telling you, your obedience to what you know is what's going to help. Not just you, but your generation to know Jesus is alive. So God bless you. Sunday morning is going to be a really special time, Sunday night. Don't miss it. Just say yes to what you know to do, and you'll get where God's calling you. All right? Praise the Lord. And we've talked about one step at a time. Sunday morning's a step. Be here Sunday morning. Boy, that's right. Amen. You don't have to sweat five years down the road. Just do what he tells you to do. Be here Sunday. Right? One step at a time, you'll get where you need to be. Amen. Amen. Praise God. We love you guys. If I have some of these. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.